And I think for, you know, for dad and probably for me, it's, it's more of just keep the faith that, that things will work out in the end, even when they're really hard and, and keep the faith in yourself. Cause that's, that's where it all starts. You gotta believe, um, in yourself when you're, especially when you're going through hard stuff. So you just, you gotta, you gotta keep that faith. Hey everyone. Welcome to wake dad, drink, repeat the podcast for today's dad. I'm your host, Anthony Palmer. Hey, we're mixing things up a little bit this week. I was able to sit down and have a conversation with Travis Macy. Among other things, Travis is a dad of two and the host of the Travis Macy Show. We decided, because this was such a great conversation, to split the show up into two parts. You guys are about to listen to the first half of the conversation here. After you get done with that, you need to find the Travis Macy Show wherever you get your podcast out to check out the second half. Be sure while you're there to subscribe to Travis's show. You can also check him out at travismacy.com or on Instagram at Travis Macy. Um, While you're at it, it'd be awesome if you guys could take a second and rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to follow along with us on social media as well, and be sure to share this episode with a fellow dad. You can also shoot me an email at todaysdad at wakedaddrinkrepeat.com to let me know your thoughts on the show. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. I'm going to stop rambling and we are going to jump into my conversation with Travis Macy. We're joined today by Travis Macy. Travis is a dad of two. He's the host of the podcast, The Travis Macy Show. He's an author, an endurance coach. He's an all-around badass endurance athlete, and he's a big fan of burrow racing. Travis, thanks for coming on the show, man. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're welcome, Palmer. It's uh, it's great to be here with you. Great to be here with the audience. And and I just got to say, um, you know, I've listened to a few of your episodes, and I think what you're creating here is just a really valuable resource um for for dads out there and, and especially you know thinking back my, my kids are eight and ten now so I, I feel like you know sort of just recently they've graduated from um from being little kids to just sort of being uh kids and um you know for better or worse that's given me a little bit more um freedom uh you know and kind of just less of the super intense day-to-day maintenance. But I, I know for me, you know, had, had this show been around, uh, you know, whatever, five, 10 years ago, when I was kind of really in the thick of um, a lot of the the sort of stay at home dad kind of stuff, it, it really would have been helpful to me because I think that, um, you know, th- things have changed probably since, since you and I were kids where, you know, it, it, having a, a dad do a lot of the day-to-day parenting would have been very strange then. Um, you know, you see a lot of dads doing it, but, but still, and, and especially in some communities, you know, it's still not the norm. Um, and sometimes when you're in that role, it can feel, um, you know, just sort of disconnecting and who else is doing this and where are the role models and that kind of stuff. So I think just what you're doing here really provides that for, for people. So way to go. I'm just, I'm glad to, glad to be part of it. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. That That's a very nice, uh, very nice way to start the show off. So thank you for the for the compliment. It's funny as, as you were saying that I was sitting here thinking, you know, we, and I'm sure part of it is, you know, you, you tend to interview and ask people to come on the show who you have interests or feel like you would have similar interests with. Right. So I, I love endurance sports. I love anything and everything outside. So we've interviewed a lot of people in that arena, but it's funny how many, and I, I don't know that I had really thought through it until you were saying that, like how many of those people are 
also have lived the life of the stay-at-home dad or the primary care or that different role. And I wonder if there's some correlation there of needing needing that time away, maybe, the, or or being able to handle the the grind and the ever the ever um, changing experiences. And you could just got to be prepared for anything and everything at all times, right? So yeah, it's, uh, there may be some similarities there. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, some of, my, some of my best friends happen to be, like you said, both endurance athletes and, and guys who do a lot of the day-to-day parenting. And I do think there's absolutely some similarity in, in some of the mindsets, uh, you know, the, the highs and lows, like you said, the challenges, the flexibility. Um, and, and I know, you know, for what it's worth, I mean, I've had a lot of days of parenting where I've thought, boy, if, if all I had to do today was just run, you know, all, if I just had to go run for eight hours, uh, that, that would be just so nice and simple and easy. Yeah. So much easier than what I've been doing. Right. <laughs> well, so man, one of the, um, one of the things I was really excited about with, with having you on the show is, um, obviously you seem like a really, uh, a really great dad. And I, I want to hear that part of your life as well, but, I was really um, intrigued and kind of excited to talk to you about your life with your dad, because it seems like you guys have this really great relationship. Um, you know, for those, for those that don't know your dad, Mark is, uh, and uh, I, I don't even know how, how would you, what, what do you say about your dad in the endurance or how would you describe him in the endurance world? A, a, a standing kind of icon or. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, he's just, you know, he, he's uh I, I guess that his his greatest fame is in the endurance world is just kind of sticking with it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, long standing pillar, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, you know, he's uh, my my dad's sixty seven now, and he kind of got into the um, in, endurance sports. Uh, you know, starting with the Ironman triathlon, and then the Leadville one hundred run, and then the Eco Challenge adventure races. You know, that kind of all started in the in the late eighties for him. And, you know, he's just stayed interested in it, um, all along. And, uh, you know, that kind of led to, to my interest in it, um, as well. And, um, yeah, he's just, he's a phenomenal person and and continues to be. And, uh, you know, as, as some of the listeners may have seen on the, um, the Amazon prime show of the world's toughest race, which was a, the, the eco challenge in Fiji that we did in 2019. Um, he has Alzheimer's now, and that's, you know, kind of been the, you know, just sort of the, the next chapter of the book, but he continues to just be a phenomenal person and an incredible, um, dad and, and grandfather. And, um, you know, things are, things are generally still good. You know, we're, we're, we've always been close and, you know, we're, we're as, as close as ever now. And, and especially as, as the roles shift and change over time, you know, that was, it's been a, a big challenge for me and especially was at the, at the start with the Alzheimer's diagnosis, but um, you know, we got a good team and we're hanging together. And I think that's the thing. So I w- what I was going to share with you was um, you know, my dad is um, 21 years this year, uh, cancer free. He had a, a really rough run with uh, leukemia and um, but had had to have part of his right lung removed. And I mean, my dad was, was, and still is uh, his nickname is a lot of his friends is Anvil. Cause he's just this, you know, <laughs> That's block awesome. of <laughs> block of muscle and stubbornness. But, um, uh-huh. you know, I, I growing up, I remember my dad just being, you know, a picture of health and, um, 
the, the illness clearly, you know, knocked him on his ass, but he, he got back up and still to this day at, at 60 is, um, you know, doing sprint triathlons and riding his bike and, and doing what he can do and pushing, pushing that limit to continually, you know, keep himself there. And it, um, I, I, in all honesty, I've not watched the whole series of the, of the world's toughest race on Amazon. And it's fun. I'll tell you something else about that here in a minute, but as I was preparing for the interview, I was thinking about when um, my dad, for his 10-year remission mark, uh, we rode America's Most Beautiful Bike Ride together with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. So it's oh, a nice. c- century plus um, yeah. out around Tahoe. And man, there was nothing more rewarding in life, like truly, than that experience of like coming across the finish line together after doing that ride together, you know, and, um, and especially yeah. having raised funds for an organization that, you know, has spent so many dollars and man hours in um, making it to where my dad's here today, you know? And um, it just, there's something about endurance sports in general, but then when you have that purpose or that reason behind them and then getting to share in that with those people who have, you know, brought you up in it or whatever, like it just, it, it tugs on all the right heartstrings. Right. (laughs) And um, it's, it's really cool. I've, you know, uh, was listening most recently to your um, the episode that you and your dad did on your podcast with uh, Dean Carnese's and mm. like it was just so cool listening like the the conversation there between the two of you and the bond there like it's just it's a really unique thing and um, I know I sound like I'm rambling a little bit but I just it was one of the things I was just really stoked to talk with you about is that relationship that you know we get to have with our kids but then when you really step back and you look at those the relationships that a lot of us or that you and I at least are fortunate enough to have with our dads, right? And how that impacts everything down the food chain from there. Um, do you, have you and your dad always been really close or is that something that kind of has come through the years or ha- like what's that relationship been like from from the ground up with you guys? Yeah, you know, dad and I always have been um, very close. And, and when I was a kid, my parents had... Um, very much more traditional gender roles, you know, we're sure. talking here in the, in the early eighties and, you know, dad went to work every day and he worked really hard and, uh, you know, he was a, he was a lawyer. So he, um, you know, got up early in the morning and put in big hours and trained at lunchtime. And, and he was always home, you know, early evening for all of my sporting events and, you know, my sister's activities. And, uh, you know, he was, he was always there and, and we always were very close and, you know, he never pushed me into the, into any of these endurance sports or outdoor activities. They were just things that I enjoyed and, and kind of built, um, over time. So yeah, we always have been close. And I think a lot of, um, you know, at times our continuing interest in these type of sports, whether it's, you know, the long mountain bike races or runs or adventure races has been just, we're, we're both into it. So right, it's fun right. to go together. You know, there was a big period of time where, um, you know, I was racing a whole lot and, you know, really pushing hard at the elite level. And, and dad was, you know, kind of my main go-to, uh, support crew guy. And he, you know, he drive, uh, you know, all the way, all over the country, you know, taking me to these races and crewing and stuff. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's been a big, big piece of our, um, our relationship and, and, um, you know, on the parenting end, I do think one, one of my big struggles since becoming a parent is, is just, 
again, that difference of, okay, growing up in a family where the, you know, mom, dad roles are very traditional. And, and then, you know, it became clear in the, in the start, you know, for, for our family because of our jobs and just, you know, because of who we are, that that's not how things were going to be. Yeah. Um, that was that actually going to be my next question too. Yeah. It was, that, that, was, that, that was, and you know, has been hard for me just because, you know, probably mostly subconsciously, you know, you have rooted in your mind, you know, okay, this is, you know, this is dad is gone during the day, you know, at work, mom is at home, you know, doing the the house and kids stuff, which of course we all know is very much work and, right. you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> can, can be, you know, just as intense and hard. Um, but, you know, when it comes around, um, you know, to doing that as an adult with that, without sort of having imagined it ahead of time or sort of seeing the examples, um, you know, that's, it's just, it's a tough shift to make. And, and I think, you know, who, who knows, you know, what, where my son and daughter, you know, what will they do as adults? And I don't really care what they do as long as they're happy, but sure. you know, should they be in, you know, kind of more, the more typical, let's call it contemporary family where mom and dad are both doing, you know, probably a lot of working and a lot of parenting, it'll probably be smoother for them just cause that's right. You know, that's what they, um, grew up with. So the, yeah, that transition I think is so I'm, I'm very curious to see, um, you know, as we, which hopefully it's a long time from now for both of us, but as we move into the role of grandparents <laughs> in a long time from now, um, you know, the, the continuation of the evolution there, right? Like, because it really has there, it's always been evolving that, that, um, I hate to say the role of the dad, cause it sounds so, blah, but the really, truly the evolution of the role that the dad plays, the engagement and um, I'm real curious to see, cause it's, it feels like it's really sped up a lot in the last couple of years. Right. Like, so what that's going to look like another 10 years from now, um, you know, you said contemporary family, which I think sums it up really well. Like it's, it's really, it's, and it's not all about the dad. A lot of it's about the mom and women being rightfully put in the workplace in a in better positions and better pay and all that. So it's, it's, it's not just about the guy, it's the counterbalance there. Um, and I'm, I'm very curious to see what that looks like, you know, cause can you imagine, can you imagine growing up as a, as a kid and seeing like your, your grandfather, like around the house all the time, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, or your dad or, you know, and that evolution. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be very curious to watch that, but how, how yep. do you feel? Um, how do you feel about the relationship that you have with, with your dad, with your mom, that, that having a close, good relationship do you, is that something that you feel like your kids see and that is kind of reflected then in their relationship with you and your relationship with them? Like the, the, that piece of it? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, um, you know, I, I feel very fortunate that, that, you know, I was blessed with strong relationships with both my parents that they have real, you know, they, they've always had a very strong relationship together. You know, I can say the same about my, my wife and, and her parents together. And I think a lot of what you learn, you know, again, is just through example and subconsciously. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think my kids get to see that. And, um, you know, my parents moved to Colorado from Michigan, uh, in, in 1980, shortly before I was born. So 
as a child, I didn't have a, a very close, you know, day-to-day firsthand relationship with, with my grandparents. Sure. Um, and, and I think in some ways I didn't really know what I was missing out on and until now, <laughs> you know, thankfully being, you know, pretty close to both sets of grandparents. Um, that's been great. It's, it's just yeah. a whole, I think a whole nother level of, of richness, um, you know, for the child, for the grandparent and for the parents in between. So, um, yeah, we feel very fortunate just that they've been, um, part of the picture. And, and again, especially in those, those younger years, um, you know, just very much our parents and, and, you know, the grandmothers, especially were, were just a lifeline, um, to, you know, whether, whether it's having the kids for, you know, a few hours or a half day or a whole day, or, you know, even, even for me, just, Hey, I bring the kids over if they're hanging out with mom and dad and I get to go on a run or go on a bike ride, you know, right. yeah, no, that's exactly I what I need to refuel. I hear you. I wrote down in my, uh, in my outline, I, I wrote down just very simply team equals family. And, um, I know you talk a lot, you guys have your team endure that you guys, you know, formed and were through the, the eco challenge and the stuff, the article, a couple of things I read about it, as far as just the support network that you guys have for your dad and with your dad. Um, it, again, going back to my dad's illness, different animal, but, um, in that, in that time of need for those couple of years, the team that was formed there and then the bonds that were formed that it still exists to this day, um, be it family that got closer or, or friends that became family or whatever it may be. Um, there's so much, there's so much darkness and that, that comes with, with, disease and illness. But I think when you are able to find those little nuggets, that's what helps to keep you holding on and and moving forward. And it's, it's really cool. I think to hear you guys be as open as you are about it. And, and then to see that support network around it. Um, Alzheimer's sucks, man. I lost my, lost my grandmother to it a couple of years ago. My other, my paternal grandmother has it and is, is, um, you know, pretty, pretty well in the throes of it now. Um, and it's such that I was talking with somebody else on the show a couple of weeks ago about this, that like we have, you have those times of need where um, it's kind of that make or break point for families at times. Right. And, and it's truly that, that idea of like, when, when shit hits the fan, like that's when you're really tested and you know, who's there and what your stress level, like, what that breaking point is for the family. And you, you eventually you get to the other side of it and you just realize that you can get through anything with this team, with these people, because you've gotten through this or whatever. And I, um, as much as I hate the journey that you guys have to go through, it's, I, from the outside looking in, like it's, it's cool to see that support that you guys kind of create and have rallied around it. And, um, it's something that I think for your kids, speaking as somebody who was 10 when my dad was, and I know grandfather and dad, it's all different. I'm not trying to make it this massive similarity thing, but you know, watching being 10 when my dad was sick and watching the support that was around that, like it just, it teaches you a lot about who's in your corner, you know, and, and how that, and how family works. And um, it's a really, it's like I said, it's a beautiful thing on that, on the, you know, when, as you go through the process, but 
that was a really stumbled way of saying all that. So I apologize, but it was in my head, it was really beautiful and sounding. Yeah, no worries, Palmer. <laughs> I, I, I get, I totally get what you're saying. And, and I absolutely agree with it all. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, one takeaway is just life is a team sport and yeah. the team really um, starts with the family. And I think you're exactly right. You go through adversity together at times that, that friction can, you know, push people apart, but hopefully even more so it, it pulls them together and you, you know, every, everyone sacrifices for the team and, and works together. And the, you know, that's, that's why I love adventure racing. Cause you know, everyone's, everyone's going for the good is the, of the team. You can only go as fast as the slowest person. And that, and that yeah. means everyone's got to help each other and, and everyone's going to have their time as the slowest person as well. And I think that's also true within a family, you know, we all have the times when we're the person who, who needs help. Um, and, and we all need help in different ways and we can all lead right. in different ways as well. Um, so how do and you, that's okay. I, I'm, I'm glad you were able to decipher what I was getting at with that. Cause that was, <laughs> yeah, it, no, was I good, did. it was a good totally segue did. into my, where I was wanting to take this next question. How do you, how do you do that kind of stuff with your kids? How do you handle adversity with your kids? And when they come to you with problems, because I, I really truly believe there's so much to be taught through the endurance sport world, whether it's, I mean, even just make it not as extreme, even just a 5k, there's so much to learn about yourself in three Mm -hmm. miles of suffering sometimes, you know, but I feel, and I feel like those are great lessons that we can pass through to our kids. So how, how do you get to handle those conversations with your, with Wyatt at 10 and and Lila at eight? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I have a couple answers there, and um, you know, one of them is even having having written a book about the lessons that come from endurance racing, um, and how you can apply those to parenting and relationships and work uh, and those kind of things. Um, I, I absolutely do not have it figured out <laughs> and, and it's, you know, truly in some ways, you know, often it's a lot easier to give other people advice or, uh, you know, it's kind of, I've spent many years as a classroom high school teacher and, yeah. you know, I totally had soul. parenting figured out until I, you know, became a parent myself. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway, you know, a lot of it is just feeling, feeling your way through and do, you know, really just, um, enduring and doing your best day after day. And, you know, sometimes, uh, having a day where, you know, boy, every, everything pretty much went to shit here and, you know, okay, thankfully we're all, ready to go. Let's go to bed and wake up tomorrow and, and just continuing the faith and the optimism that, that it can and will be better. Yeah. Um, Cause you don't have much you know, of a choice, right? <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. And then, and then, and then it is. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's one of the answers. And then maybe the other answer is, you know, as far as, um, you know, kids, h- how do we engender some perseverance, uh, you know, and stuff within our kids, I think a lot of it is, is just setting the example, you know, I'm learning, especially as my kids get older, like they're starting to realize like, you know, Oh, dad, you're lecturing or you're, you know, I'm like going on and on, like I would at a keynote speech or something like that doesn't work for kids. (laughs) Like you just have to do stuff and they have to see you persevere through your own hard things, whether that's, you know, your, your work or your relationships or, you know, whatever, just them seeing you do it, I think is, is really the key. And then the other key, I think is just exposing them to those opportunities to, to do hard things, to, to build some grit, to, to, you know, push the comfort zone a little bit. And, you know, obviously that's going to mean different things to, to different, um, 
kids according to their interests, according to their readiness level. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, uh, in the classroom, you'd call it differentiated instruction. And it's the idea you just, you know, meet every student where they are and moving mm-hmm. forward. And, you know, I think just about anyone who has more than one kid, you can see, I mean, man, these things come out and they are wired how they're wired, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, my kids are polar opposites and in many different ways. And that means they have different strengths and weaknesses and readiness levels for various things. And, and, you know, as much as we can, we try to just honor and, and, and respect that. And that means, you know, allowing the strengths to flourish, but also helping the weaknesses, you know, help those move forward or, catch up uh, as they need to. I think it's the last handful of episodes I've recorded. There's been a lot of this undertone of from the guest of kind of meeting your kids where they're at and being, you know, practicing the whole, we have two ears and one mouth mentality, right? Like really being able to listen to our kids. Um, And when you were talking about having them see you do it, see you move through the struggles and the good times and whatever, I, um, I, I probably talk less to my daughter about when I have a good workout, a good run, a good ride or whatever, but I, I know I talk to her all the time when I have a, just a shit one and, and to be able to come to her and say like, man, I had a eight mile run. I even, I had a three mile run and I at halfway into it or a mile into it was like, I'm done. But yet I persevered. I pushed through because I knew I, I could, and I knew I needed to, you know, and, and I've, we've had so many conversations that started with that and her being like, well, why, why wouldn't you just stop? (laughs) And it's like, that's a really good, it's a fair question, you know? And I guess because I needed to know that I could mentally get myself through it, you know, and that we don't always have the option of stopping and it, but, and I had to adjust my goals. So now it's not a matter of I'm going to try to do my run in this time. It's more that I'm just going to do it, right? It's just going to get done. And it doesn't matter if it's at, you know, 10 minute pace or, fat, you know, whatever. It just is what it is. And I, again, you know, I, I know I've said it a couple of times on the show now, but like, I think there's so much value in that opportunity to share that with them, to really let them see that we're human, that we struggle, that we don't always get things right. It's, it, it's the same thing as apologizing to them when we lose our temper or when we screw up, right? Like you've got to, mm-hmm. you have to show that vulnerability. You've got to show, and I'm not perfect at it. I'm not sitting here on the mountaintop preaching <laughs> down by any means, but those are the things I try to do. <laughs> yep. Yep. I do a lot of other stuff really bad in the process, but I try to do those things. <laughs> yep. I hope you guys enjoyed that half of the conversation as much as I did. That's going to do it for this part of the conversation over here at Wake Dead Drink Repeat. Now it's time to head over to the Travis Macy show, wherever you get your podcast to catch the second half of it. Um, Guys, as always, thank you for being a part of this Wake Dead Drink Repeat community. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Cheers. Wake Dead Drink Repeat is an independently run podcast that is edited and produced by me, Anthony Thomas. I would love to hear your thoughts on the show. Give us a follow on social media, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or shoot me an email at todaysdad at wakededrinkrepeat.com. Thanks for listening.